everyone, and welcome to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. And this morning, all I can say is cha-ching. And hello, Suzanne. How are you? Good. How are you, Michelle? I'm doing well. Do you have any idea why I added the cha-ching to the introduction here? Probably because we were in Vegas last weekend or week, I guess. And yeah, we dropped a few dollars while we were in Vegas on food and shopping and casinos. Right. And I wasn't talking as much about the money that we dropped and left behind there. I was talking about you winning at the slot machine. You had a successful Vegas day as far as slot machines go. I did. For whatever reason, it just clicked with me this week. And yep, I I left a winner this week. And I don't know if it's just post-COVID, but the casino we were in, there was definitely a happy hour period where the slot machines just didn't matter which one you pay, you sat down at, but they were paying off. And that was between three and five in the afternoon. Only once did I try to gamble at night after dinner, because that's usually a pretty good hour to gamble. You know, I lost money, but yeah, between three and five every day, little slot machine action. And I, I did pretty well this time. Well, Rob tried to follow suit and he tried that cocktail hour right before we flew out and he was not successful. The machine took his money. Oh, that's a shame. So he left a couple dollars lighter. I don't know if I've talked about this when I do my slot machines, but whenever I'm with a friend playing slots, it's really not about the winning. (laughs) And I know that sounds weird, but it's about the playing and the getting to play. There's nothing worse than sitting at a slot machine and just feeding your money into the machine and it doesn't want to play with you. So one of my rules for slot machines is if this machine doesn't want to play with me, I don't want to play with it. So I give it a certain amount of time or dollars and then I cash out and move on because it's just no fun when the machine doesn't play. I absolutely love how you are phrasing this because you're talking about the machine as if it was a person, a companion, a friend, and you're just playing a game of cards or something. I love that. That is kind of how I played the machines. And it's why I have so much fun, because if you get on a really fun machine that wants to play with you, you can play and play and play and you can play on the same hundred bucks for two hours. And it usually times itself out where it's like it kind of shifts gears and it quits playing. But if you get there and your timing's right, it can play and play and play. And so it's really not about winning money. It's about playing that hundred bucks for as long as you want to sit there. And I was with my sister-in-law recently and we did one of our little casino runs and we played. And I said, it's not so much about walking away a winner. It's running out of money before I'm done playing. (laughs) And there's a big difference between that. It's like, I don't care if I win because I'm just going to use it later on a different slot machine. But I like to just be able to play. To have fun, to entertain. Yes. To live in the moment. Exactly. It sparks joy for me. And I think it was the last episode or one of our recent episodes, we talked about being in the zone. And I mean, I hate to put myself in there, but... When I'm at a slot machine, when you're having a bad day and you go sit behind a slot machine, everything in your mind goes away. You just are focused on playing that game. Your mind doesn't wander. You don't worry about the things that messed up your day. You just zone out and play your little game. Love it. Love it. Love it. I was actually really surprised because our plans had changed. Rob and I decided we were going to go get a drink somewhere. And I'm like, I cannot leave Suzanne out. I have to call and let her know that our plan has changed because we all know how you get, right? Right. (laughs) You get left out, FOMO a little. Yeah. So I called you and you answered while playing on a machine. And not only were you playing with this machine at that particular moment, you were on, as Jeff would like to put it, (laughs) a heater. Right. And you answered the call. Did that like mess with your flow? Um, It didn't actually. Um, At that point, I was up $1,400 when you called, but I didn't want you to call back or I didn't want you to think I was ignoring you. So I answered, but I was actually playing a bonus round 
when you called. So I just was answering long enough to say, hey, I'm on a I'm on a hot machine or as Jeff would call it, a heater, which is which so- is your favorite word. <laughs> right. And it's like, I'm not walking away from this machine until it's done playing with me. So, yep, I passed on the drink and I kept playing and I yeah, I did pretty well. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I did not play any slot machines while I'm there because I chose to spend my hundred dollars in another way. (laughs) (laughs) We did do a little shopping. Yeah. And you know what? I have to say it felt so good. It felt so nice to walk through a mall and have shops open. And even those annoying customer sales people who stop you every five minutes asking if you want to try a sample of their product for your face, your hands, they still annoy me. But it was like, okay, this is getting back to normal because even the annoying parts of shopping are here. True. Although that being said, there were a couple of things about the shopping experience that were still different. First of all, they still only allow so many people in the store at a time. So a lot of the shops in Vegas had lines where you had to wait to get in, which I have to really want to go into a store to wait in a line. And we walked by a lot of lines because it's like, nope, not walking it, not standing in that line. It's just not that important to me. And the limited hours, they, it used to be you'd go to Vegas and the stores would be open at eight in the morning and at midnight, they're still open. But now they have much more limited hours, you know, 11 to eight. Yeah. And by 11, I'm wanting to go have lunch and I don't really like to shop for clothes after I've eaten. So they're losing me there by not opening a little bit earlier in the morning. I agree. Although when we took our cab to the airport, when we were leaving Vegas, we had this very informative cab driver because we had to wait probably 20 minutes for a cab. Another unbelievably new thing that happens in Vegas now because they don't have enough cab drivers. And he was talking about all of the changes. And he said the biggest change was so many of the worker bees that make the restaurants run, that make the stores run, that, you know, make sure all the background stuff is done, fled Vegas during the pandemic because Vegas was so hard hit by the pandemic and they just couldn't afford to stay there. So he said they all left and a lot of them never came back. So there's a huge um, shortage for customer service, which is why it's not so much about the COVID as it is about shortages in employees, according to him. And I heard that often while we were down there. And when you're talking about the taxi ride to the airport, it reminds me of two taxi stories that I had in Vegas. And can I take just a minute to share them? Well, of course. One was kind of like, yay, Suzanne, again, <laughs> you're, you're on to something. All right. <laughs> but Rob and I, we had gone to dinner with a group of guys on, I think it was Thursday night. Yeah, it was Thursday night. So we took a cab back to our hotel. And this cab driver, he came over just before the pandemic started from, he he was American, but he had been living in the Philippines, I think. But when he came over, border shut down. So he is stuck in Vegas, stranded in Vegas, where he's from, but he wants to go back home. Anyhow, he was saying that the highlight of being stuck here. And the one true bright point is he is staying with his son and daughter-in-law and their little baby. And what a joy it is to wake up every morning and his job is to have breakfast with this baby. And so one morning he said, I served waffles, bacon, eggs, and then we had ice cream. And it (laughs) totally reminded me of you. And I'm like, I have got to share the story with Suzanne that there are other people out there who give their grandbabies ice cream for breakfast. I love it. And my side note to that is I've got to get to Anchorage to spend some time with my grandbaby because I'm missing him desperately and I'm missing our mornings together. And FaceTime just isn't cutting it. He gets bored on FaceTime and he kind of looks at me like, I don't really know what to say. I think that interaction of touching and feeling, you know, where I can hug him and he can sit on my lap. That's what's missing when we FaceTime. And so he's kind of looking at me like, 
you can do better than this. I know you can. So I've got to get to Anchorage and spend some time. So anyway, on that note, what's your second taxi story? Okay, so the other taxi story has to do with when we arrived in Vegas and we were going from the airport over to the hotel. And we got this taxi driver and he was fairly nice. And I think I said, or he asked me how my flights were. I said, everything was on time. It went really well. And then he proceeded to go into a store about a man who had gotten into his cab the day before. And he was so upset, this man, that he had missed his original flight. It's thrown him off his schedule. It shortened his time in Vegas. And he just went on and on and on until the guy said to him, there was a reason you missed that flight. That's how you have to look at the situation, that there was something bigger at play and there was some reason you weren't supposed to be on the flight. So take it as a gift. And by the end of the time of that cab ride, he said the guy got out of the the cab and was like, thank you. I needed that. That's another way of looking at things. And I just thought that was really sweet because that's kind of how I try to look at things and focus on things that don't go my way as well. There's a reason. So I just thought I'd share that. Yeah. I love that story. And I think the cab drivers in Vegas are masters. <laughs> I, I think that they're the best there are because, and I'm not comparing it to places like New York City where everyone has a cab, but but you get in a good cab with a good driver and they tell you those kind of stories and they're inspirational and they make you feel good or you hear their sob story, but like our cab driver, it wasn't really his sob story. It was Vegas's sob story. Like this is how bad it was for Vegas. This is what happened during the pandemic. And you know, the stories are so moving and it happens every time I get in a cab in Vegas. And then, you know, what do I do? I up the tip I give them. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, that was such a good story. I feel really good for this guy. It, they're masters. They know how to tug at your heartstrings so you tip them well. little cynical of me, but still. Ugh. No, it's so true. And they are smart in how they approach the different people in the cabs. If you remember back, well, I think I shared the story with you. We were in Vegas and I like to walk the strip. And so I walked down to where we were going and Rob decided to take a taxi. So it's a taxi driver and Rob in the car and the taxi driver's making chit chat. And then he says to Rob, well, if you're not in a hurry to get where you're going, I know the best strip club in town. So <laughs> they do really know the people in the cab. And not that Rob would go, but he, the guy was hedging on the fact that, huh, maybe, you know, I can get this guy over here and I'll get a kickback from the strip joint and get some money from him. And yeah, very interesting. They do know their audience. Yeah, they are masters of their game. I mean, they know what they're doing and they do it very well, which reminds me of a cab story that I had when I landed in Chicago at O'Hare Airport. And I don't know if you've ever driven from O'Hare into downtown Chicago, but as I told my sister once when we were meeting for Katie's wedding in Chicago, uh, she said, so what's your progress? I was in the cab and she said, where are you? I said, well, I'm $23.49 into the cab ride. So I probably have $40 worth to go of the cab ride. So not even halfway there, but you get stopped in dead traffic and the cab fare it is, it's about 60 bucks to get from O'Hare to downtown Chicago. And usually takes an hour to an hour and a half. I had this cab driver who I feared for my life. He was the most reckless driver. I was gripping the seat. I was closing my eyes because he was weaving in and out of traffic. He was using the off ramps to pass people to get in front of them. And I got to downtown Chicago in a record, I think, 30 minutes. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I feared for my life, but that guy got a $50 tip from me because, because I got there so fast and I was still alive. And you could just get a Chardonnay to help calm those nerves on arrival. Exactly. So I am not opposed to a cab driver who will risk my life to get me there quick. And that guy was a master at it. I mean, I have never been in such a... <laughs> a scary cab in my entire life. It stuck with me, but 
it was worth it because it was record time. Do you remember that cab drive or that cab ride that we had in Nashville that time? We had gone from downtown Nashville to the mall and that guy, he was a crazy driver too. I could not get out of that car fast enough. I don't know if I remember that one specifically, but whenever you and I talk about cab rides together, you know what the first thing is that comes into my mind. Okay, let me think. First thing that comes into your mind. When we are in a cab together, we usually have Rob with us. Oh, is Rob going to get us kicked out of the cab? And is Rob going to get us kicked out of the cab? Because Rob will always strike up conversation with the cab driver about the driver's driving. Yes, about oil changes or the mileage per gallon. And yes, he does that. And I have been in the cab with him when he gets a little contentious with the driver. And I've seen him piss the driver off. He does this with Uber drivers too. And it's like, you never want to get a bad rating from an Uber driver. At one time, I had a like 4.95 rating. (laughs) And after having him in the Uber just once, because I don't use Uber a lot, it dropped me to like a 3.9 or something. I was so pissed. I'm like, you cannot talk anymore. Or you book it on your Uber app. Yeah. And and I think there have been cab rides or Uber rides that I've been in the car with Rob where I've said, enough. No one to stop talking <laughs> just because he can push it to really piss off a driver. He can. The best time in the cab with Rob is when he takes his power nap because the man only <laughs> needs like 10 or 15 minutes to fall asleep and be recharged. And he falls falls asleep like that. He does. And you know what's so funny about that? Because recently, weren't we, didn't we bring up our experience at Stonehenge? Oh, yes. Okay. And I talked about the long bus ride. And, you know, I I realized that, I mean, Stonehenge was not our favorite visit. And we took a bus to Stonehenge. And, you know, every time I recall that story, we always talk about Stonehenge and Rob pipes right in. Yeah, it's it, that was the worst experience ever. But when I start talking about the bus ride, he usually goes silent. And that's why, because I remembered this the other day. He fell asleep on that bus ride. He missed that whole torturous ride from start to finish where we were in the stop traffic and we could see Stonehenge in the distance knowing we were two hours away in the traffic. But he slept through that because he does fall asleep on a dime. I've never met anyone like him. And this reminds me, and I know we shouldn't be getting off on this tangent on our taxi rides, Uber rides, but it really is fun to to recall. But do you remember that Uber ride in Napa? Which one would that be? The Uber ride where we had gone up 29 to have dinner and we were staying in downtown Napa. So our Uber ride would have been about 30 minutes. And he came and he picked us up and we got in the car and you get a little bit car six. So you sat in the front next to the driver. And then it was Jeff and Paul in that second set of rows. And then Rob and I in the way back. It was a a van. Right. And I swear we're in the car for not even a minute. Rob's like, I'm going to go to sleep. And he falls asleep. In the meantime, the Uber driver decides that he's Garth Brooks or (laughs) Kenny Chesney or the next up and coming Justin Bieber. I'll throw that out there since Jeff's in the car. And he had a demo and he played that demo for us the entire ride. And not only did he play it, but he sang along. And the lyrics were so incredibly cheesy and my mouth was dropped, but I couldn't even look up because I couldn't make eye contact with you if you were looking back. My jaws completely dropped. I'm looking down at my feet. Rob is snoring next to me. (laughs) Jeff and... Paul are like playing with their phones and you're just sitting up there. It was the funniest thing to see from the back of the van. And yeah, that is a ride I will never, ever forget. You're right. Can't forget that one. And he tried to actually sell us his demo, I think, when we got out of the cab. I mean, it was unbelievable. And it was unbelievably bad. And the funny thing about that is Rob slept through the whole thing. So he had no recollection. He had no idea it had happened. And we were laughing. I mean, just busting it, got laughing. And he's like, what? What? 
what I just miss. Yeah. And I mean, Jeff, who everyone knows is a music connoisseur, he didn't even buy the the demo. He walked away from it. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't a hard pass. <laughs> that was a pretty easy one to walk away from. That guy was awful. And yeah, and it was at least a 20, 25 minute cab ride that we listened to that. And yeah, and there's nothing like being in the front seat. Although you are always gracious enough to let me sit in the front when I can, because I do get motion sick very quickly. And yeah, so it was a good thing. I, but there are certain times when being in the front is not a good thing. And that was definitely one of them. And you're so funny. You call it me being gracious to let you sit in the front seat. In all honesty, I don't want to sit by a stranger. It creeps me out. So if you want to take that one for the team, you can. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm happy to take that one because, yeah, it saves me a lot of time. But that brings me to the other cab ride, memorable cab ride that we had. And it was the Gang of Six except for Christy. I think she had another commitment somewhere. And we took a cab ride home from a restaurant just to our house. And it was right at the beginning, the very, very beginning of COVID. So tensions were running high, places were closing. Nobody really knew what was happening. Although in Arizona, COVID hadn't really hit yet. But we got an Uber home from the restaurant and it turned out to be a karaoke Uber ride. And he asked us when we got in, anyone want to sing? And we spent the entire cab ride karaoke, which was the most fun. It was that tension releaser that we all needed. It was great. And it was absolutely spontaneous and in the moment. And yeah, I got you in a little bit of trouble because I wanted to share it on Facebook so everyone could know what horrible singers we are. Because in that moment, it didn't matter how bad our singing was. It was just the joy from that moment I wanted to share. And yeah, you got in a little bit of trouble about that. Yeah, my my kids chewed my ass over it because they thought I wasn't taking COVID seriously enough, which in all honesty, I probably wasn't because here in Phoenix, it just hadn't hit yet. It was so early in the game, but they were all like, what are you thinking? Why would you put something like that? Why are you promoting fun and and celebration during the time of COVID? And yeah, they really chewed my ass and deservedly so. I wasn't paying close enough attention. So you kindly took it off of Facebook. I did, but it was a very good rendition of The Gambler, which is Rob's go-to, I'll make up every word in the song, song. And Sweet Caroline, of course. Oh. Who doesn't yeah, love that song? I know. I know. Well, I'll tell you who doesn't love that song. Your boys. <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> Your boys. Because we were going to do a little surprise at the wedding and you threw it out to the boys. And they were like, no, mom, you can't do that. That's so old fashioned. So we didn't get to do our little surprise at the wedding, but they did play it on the dance floor. And what happened? Yes. And that was my moment of redemption because everybody was singing, screaming at the top of their lungs, dancing, having a good time. And the boys did come over to me and say, you're right, mom. And of course I had to say, what'd you say? I can't hear you. What'd you say? <laughs> you're right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I was, I know how to have a good time. That's a throw a party. That's right. And who doesn't like Sweet Caroline? Everyone knows that that starts playing and everyone joins it. You can't help but sing along. And it was so much fun. Well, I'm just going to put it out here and right now when the rest of the boys get married, I have three of them. We're going to do a wink, wink, surprise version of that song at their wedding. So they can expect it and just be okay with it. Absolutely. So we should get back to our Vegas trip because we did kind of get on our taxi cab tangent as I am so good at doing. Well, I'm good at doing it too. And I guess right before I go back to our trip to Vegas, I would like to say that it was so incredibly uh, like a switch was turned on and off, I guess is the best way to say it. Because when you travel by plane from the moment you step into that airport, until you get out of it at your destination, you have to wear a mask. There's no way around it. You can push the rules, but you're going to get in trouble, make everybody uncomfortable. So you go with it. That's what you're expected to do. But the moment we got out 
of their mask came off. And it was that way throughout the entire visit in Vegas, except for one place. And that was a store that couldn't seem to get a checkout right. And we were in there with our masks on for at least an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. At least an hour from when we checked out to when they finally fixed the mess they got us into because they didn't know how to run their POS system. Right. So tensions were rising. I just have to say, because A, only store that we went to where we have to wear a mask. B, the transaction got so incredibly screwed up that it took over an hour to correct. And C, I was dealing with calming down Karen next to me. I had to throw that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But that being said, I didn't say one word. I was so pissed and so frustrated. And I thought, if I say one word, I'm just going to lose it. I'm just going to lose it. So you kept saying, it's fine. They would apologize. And you'd say, it's fine. That's okay. And I just kept, kept my mouth shut. Didn't say a word, but my blood was boiling. And I know that you could feel my blood boiling. I'm sure they could feel my blood boiling, but didn't say a word. Not one word. And I appreciated that because I had already had Rob storm out. Like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to meet you somewhere else. And Jeff had to take a phone call. So it was you and me there. And they had so screwed up the transaction because they had charged your purchase to your card, but put it all under my name. And the way they presented it, it was like they had double charged your card. And even though they hadn't even charged my order yet, it was very, very confusing. And I know that they blamed their point of sale, their machines, but it really was user error, I think. I I don't think she's been at that job very long or I don't know. I agree. She had a, a blip or... I don't know what to call it. Yeah, she didn't know what she was doing. And she did have to get someone else to come over and try to fix the mess she created. And he was the one that was working on it. And the reason I blame the POS system is, you know, when you're in a nice shop, because in the time that we were waiting, I ran down to another shop because my skin was really dry and itchy and I wanted just to go quick grab some lotion. And I ran into another shop just to grab some lotion. And in this boutique shop, you know, they have to take the lotion to the back and they have to wrap it up and they want you to sit or they want you to browse while they're getting, you know, and it's like, it's a bottle of lotion. Just give me the damn lotion. Take my card and let me pay it. But it took forever just to get that lotion. And this shop was exactly like that, where, I mean, why do you have to input everything like name, address, phone number for one stupid purchase? You shouldn't have to do it. It should be an option. And my POS system in my store takes it all off when you swipe the credit card. The pertinent information goes into the machine. So if I ever have to pull up that transaction again, there it is. But manually enter it. Oh my goodness. What a waste of time. Right. At least give me a glass of champagne while I wait. Do something. Yeah. The water at that moment wasn't cutting it for me. I was over it. And I still haven't received the item purchase. So hopefully it's in the mail. We will get it. I haven't even got an email saying, hey, your purchase is on its way. Uh, You know, we haven't gotten that email either, I have to say. And we're not in, we sent it to Anchorage. Um, because that's where we're headed this week. But yeah, so we don't know if it's there. It probably isn't because it was the same day. We'll be lucky if we ever see it. I am optimistic because if not, Rob's going to make me follow that paper trail. And I, I don't like paper trails. I'll tell you that right now. No, I don't either. But so where we had a bad experience, we also had a couple good experiences while shopping. And one was right next to that store. We had gone in and it was almost like shopping back to normal. There was not a line outside of the store. There was not roping, like wait in this line. It was just completely open. And when we walked in, it was just like, oh, this feels so nice. The sale associates were very helpful, but not overly helpful. And when we decided to make a purchase, they brought us champagne. They did bring us champagne. And that's just such a nice touch. It is. And it's back. It's back after COVID because back in March, that wasn't an option. Yeah. 
it wasn't. And I was just going to say this as a small business owner. I wonder if you have to have a liquor license. Now, obviously in Vegas, you don't, I mean, they're, they're, liquor laws are very lenient in Vegas and they make it very easy for business owners to do things like offer champagne. I wonder if I can do that in Scottsdale, Arizona. I should look into that because wouldn't that be a nice touch to have like a a sip and shop event where I serve champagne and you come in and you drink while you shop? Yeah. I'd be there. I'd even serve for you. I would help you out at that event because then people just get even happier and then they spend more. I know, exactly. Although I have a feeling it's not that easy. I have a feeling I probably have to have some sort of license to make that happen. Well, it was just a great stop for me. And again, I got caught in the moment and Rob gives me a hard time about it just because, you know, he just shakes his head like you need another sweatshirt and a pair of sunglasses. I get it. But I'll tell you this, that man, when he decides to go shopping with me, He is so generous and so excited about it. And so just let's go, let's do it. And he did spoil me very, very well on this trip. And that made me happy. It made me happy too. It's always fun to shop with you and Rob together because I think it makes him very happy when we shop together. Yeah, because we had that conversation. But because for me, I just feel guilty. Like when I get a new purse, I I feel guilty about it. Like I already have purses. I don't really need another one. And there's other things I could spend this money on. And then you reminded me that he wants to do this for you. He is happy. Look at the smile on his face. And yes. And didn't I say specifically, it sparks joy in him. And I think my recurring message that whole our whole week in Vegas is we should only be doing things that spark joy in us. And you have to let go of the guilt. Guilt is a lost, a wasted energy. It's sparking joy for Rob to do it for you. So enjoy it and be happy with it. Right. And it really does spark joy in me also. But yeah, I've got to kind of balance that guilt out with just like enjoying the moment. And okay. And I know I've said this before, but I truly deep in my gut believe that guilt is a wasted energy because you don't accomplish anything with guilt. So I think we need, you need to delve further into where is that guilt stemming from? Because why should you feel guilt over it? He's doing something nice. It's making him happy and you're enjoying it. So why feel guilty about it? Well, you just opened a little bit of a can of worms here. So (laughs) do you want me to circle back and like answer it real quickly? It moves kind of away from this, but then comes back on. Okay. Yes. Okay. It'll come around. So about 16 or 17 months ago in late August, 2019, I started down a more spiritual path in my way of thinking. I had been in an airport. I had a lot of time there. And so I was listening to a podcast and I was really hearing what they were saying. And it sparked that thing inside me, which then kind of started to change the way I perceived the world. And I look at the world. And along this journey, I have learned so many things. And I'll save the longer story for another episode about this. But on this journey, It's a journey of ups and downs. It's a journey of one step forward, two step back. But as I understand the world and the universe around me more, I also get to understand myself some more. So with that said, I started to walk in the light of forgiving myself for past mistakes. I started to find calm where there used to be anxiety. And I kind of started doing a shift away from the individual to more a collective consciousness. So when I get something really nice, it kind of goes against what my thought process is to day to day, even though it still brings so much joy. Like (laughs) I've got to find a balance there because I'm trying, you know, to think about everybody. And when I do something like that, I feel like it's over the top. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But I do think that it's still wasted energy. (laughs) Right. And that's probably true. And I don't know if we have the power to control those emotions. And I guess it's very self-righteous of me to suggest that you can control that emotion, especially when 
And I do know guilt. I do know what guilt feels like. I just really try to not fall down that rabbit hole of guilt. Right. Because that rabbit hole will take you far. (laughs) It will take you far and it spoils the moment you're in is what happens is, oh, I got something that made me happy. This event is making me happy. Oh, but I feel so guilty about it. So it's like that negative emotion is bringing you down and taking away from the joy that you're sparking in yourself and in your husband. And it's like, wow, I am just so philosophical all of a sudden. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say, wow, Suzanne, you're kind of explaining it in terms that I actually 100% understand. And, you know, it's just that internal battle of wanting to lead one path, but still honestly loving that superficial part of me too, where I find joy in the, the material things also. So way off our Las Vegas topic is, so what is good about guilt? Is it our consciousness telling us how to be good and what to do and what not to do? Is guilt the emotion that drives us to the decisions we make? You know, it's a, it's a weird question because it's like we have guilt for a reason. It's like it's part of who we are. We all have some level of guilt that we experience and it's how we deal with it. So there's got to be a reason why it's there. I think it's just our ego trying to keep us in check and keep us in that area that we're so familiar with. And I I don't know. <laughs> I know. Well, it, it does rob uh, joy out of it. It is true. It, there's nothing positive about that unless it helps you bring balance in some way. Like I'll do this, but to do this, I'll just give up this. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I wonder if we have any psychologists that are listening to us right now who are yelling at, at the radio or in their car saying there's a lot of good purpose to guilt. It's like, don't let it go so easily. Well, it keeps you humble too. I think guilt helps keep you humble also. But again, it's a balance between all of the different parts of you and just finding that balance to go forward. Yeah, that's what I think. And you're right. Yeah. So had fun shopping back to normal there pretty much except for the lines and the reduced hours and the restaurants, man, they were packed. Yes, they were. When I did my morning walk and I would walk through the hotel we were staying at because it was over 100 degrees outside by the time I got around, I would walk by their one main restaurant and it didn't matter what time it was, if it was nine or 2.30 in the afternoon, there was a line of at least 50 people waiting to get in. And I don't do lines. I don't do lines like that. They stress me out. I know. Well, and it's interesting because Jeff and I, when we drove from Scottsdale to Seattle with the kids back in May, May 19th to be exact, we were in Las Vegas and we basically could have walked in anywhere and eaten. I mean, that is in a month's time. Well, it's been a little over a month, but in that amount of time, yeah, that switch flipped. I mean, it was back to where one of the restaurants that we did get to eat at, they were booked out three weeks. Like, don't even try to get in for three weeks. And we kept hearing that over and over. And the first night Jeff and I were there, we got there a night before you did. We went to that main restaurant that you were talking about just off the casino to get our name on the list. And they said it was an hour and 45 minute wait just to get seated. And it's like, no, can't do it. We ended up having room service that night because we didn't want to wait. Yeah, I wouldn't have waited either. That would be when McDonald's would be 100% justified. And actually, it doesn't take a lot to justify McDonald's for me because I love it. But (laughs) anyhow, that would be a reason for me to go. I would never wait in a line that long to eat. But I was thinking about one of the dinners we went to at Cut. I think that's the name of the restaurant. Lovely dinner. The service was impeccable. And we had a discussion with our husbands about this podcast. And I didn't really get a chance to talk to you about it afterwards, Suzanne. But what did you think of Rob's marketing strategy for Orange Juice Optional? Hey, at this point, I think if he wants to take that on, more power to him. 
Right. And you can explain his marketing strategy and I'm good with it. And it's a marketing strategy I've been hearing about for a while because my husband is a huge NASCAR enthusiast. He loves the sport. He knows all the drivers. He knows all the different series. And when my book, Goodnight Sweet Bear, first came out, Rob wanted to do the paint scheme from the book on the car. (laughs) And he said, you know, your website better be ready because you're going to get lots of hits. And I'm like, wait a minute, Rob, like that is so much money. And that's not really my target audience. But he's like, no, they all have kids and there's grandparents that watch. So Michelle, it really would work. And so I've kind of put the brakes on it until he brought it up again at dinner. And now he wants to do part of the car as OJO, orange juice optional. He wants to do part of it, why hello, and the book. So this whole car about us. So yay, Suzanne. Yay, Michelle. All about us. (laughs) And he's like, you better be ready. And What I love about it is his enthusiasm. What I love about it is his genuine support. He listens to the podcast, not all the time, but you know, if there's something I'm like, hey, listen to this, what do you think? He's so supportive and he's so thoughtful in all of that, that he believes in me, he believes in you, and he really wants to do this. So I've got to really think about whether or not the money invested is worth it. Yeah, it's worth it. And we're worth it, is what he's saying. But you never know. You never know. It would sure be a very public way to make Orange Juice Optional known, familiar, which is a big part of branding. So That's so true. And then you had a great idea, too, because uh, we own partial ownership in a couple different horses. And your suggestion was that we name one of the horses Orange Juice Optional. Yeah. I love that idea. I think it needs to be a winning horse so that... Well, of course. We don't want a last place horse carrying our name. Well, no. Are you kidding? (laughs) But I think that's a great idea. Yeah. No, I just... I really love that dinner and getting to be there with you and Jeff and just have these conversations and laugh and be relaxed. So thank you very much for that dinner. And the other point that came up during that dinner, and I know you were just joking... And you might kill me right now for even talking about it. But we had talked about our hostessing episode in which you always try to up your game. And of course, we're staying in Vegas. And one of the options in a Vegas hotel room, at least the one we were staying at, was an intimacy kit. And we were trying to figure out exactly what was in the intimacy kit. It doesn't matter because they're not going to be part of my hostessing it's like, no, that I, I've gone one step too far when I introduce an intimacy kit into my guest rooms in my home. <laughs> Not going to happen okay. ever, ever, ever. Well, what I'm going to share here, because I did risk getting caught with the expense because I lifted it off the weighted table, but I had 30 seconds. So hopefully I put it back right. But I wanted <laughs> to get a picture so I could share with you because you didn't know what was in this intimacy kit. Okay, well, do share. Okay, so it's called Intimacy Kit. And then down below, it says Pleasure Provisions. Inside this Intimacy Kit contains two condoms, one personal lubricant. And we guess that those would probably be the things that were in the the kit. It goes on to share that there is one male self-pleasuring sleeve in there and also one Kissaboo tingly lip balm balm. Bomb, if I'm saying it correctly. Mm-hmm. So that is what is in an intimacy kit, just in case you decide you do want to add that for your guests. I wonder if I can order that online. <laughs> I know there's going to be one in our room the next time we visit, just as a joke. I think so. I think that's the only, you're the only people that will ever see an intimacy kit in my house. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking today. I'm going to see if I can find them. Yeah, so I haven't looked at the bill that closely, but I'm hoping I didn't get charged for that. Yeah, I did put it back within the 30 seconds. I just wanted to get a clear picture of the box. You know, that is just so Vegas. That is just so, so Vegas. And, you know, there's a beautiful side to Vegas. And then there's a really dark, sleazy side to Vegas. And I'm going to put the intimacy kit in the dark, sleazy side of Vegas. Just put that in the human nature side of Vegas. Well, that's a nice way to put it. But no, it's going into the dark, sleazy side of Vegas in my book. 
And, you know, I will say this. I was really surprised when I did finally get a chance to walk the strip. I went into um, the area where I had gotten several of my tattoos. And across from it used to be like one of those margarita stands or something. Mm-hmm. But now it's a pot shop. Like a, you just buy it right there. And you do smell it everywhere. You do smell pot in hallways in the hotels. You smell it in the casino. You smell it just walking by people. So it is um, very present there. Well, as I see it, this is why Vegas is so great. Because there are so many different facets to Vegas. Because if you want to go down the pot smoking road, you can. If you want to go down the one night stand intimacy kit road, you can. If you want to go to bed at nine o'clock at night before any of that happens, you can, you know, and if you want to get up at six in the morning and go get your coffee, the coffee place will be open and you can get your cup of coffee and no one else is around. And it's great. Although I would go down and get my coffee at six in the morning and there were lines for coffee at six in the morning. It's like, who are you and why are you up already? I thought I was the only one that got up at six, but that's the beauty. That may be the walk of shame, Suzanne. That might not be that they're getting up at six. They're just getting back to the hotel at six. Well, there are some of those and you can always tell the difference at six in the morning and you can tell the ones that just rolled out of the bed and you can tell the ones that just rolled out of someone else's bed or got off a table somewhere. But that being said, you can make Vegas whatever you want it to be. And that's one of the reasons I love Love, love Vegas. I do. There is something there for everybody. And it's so much fun. And the weather is always perfect, although hot this time of year. But yeah, always something to do. And there really aren't even that many shows playing yet. Although we did see Justin Bieber was going to have a one night show on July 9th. And we would have gotten tickets if we could have. But we'll be in Alaska for a wedding. So, you know, it's killing him. It is. It is killing. It is. Yeah. We would never, ever, ever, if it's in our control, miss one of our nieces or nephews weddings, which is what we're going to. But if Jeff ever was tempted to skip out on someone's wedding, it was for that Justin Bieber concert on July 9th. Right. Is there anything else really? (laughs) (laughs) No. And I'm glad I was there to you know, bring him back to reality and say, no, you really have to go to your niece's wedding. And he said, oh, I know, I know, I know. But had I said, oh, let's just skip the wedding. We'll do Bieber. He may have been tempted. And then you would have heard about it for the next rest of your life. (laughs) Right, right. But no, I honestly will never miss one of my nieces or nephews weddings ever. It's a commitment I have and I will be there with joy in my heart. Yes, it's all about Aunt Susie's rules. That's right, Aunt Susie's rules. And that's one of them. And now it's Grandmom's rules because my grandson does officially call me Grandmom. And oh, I love it. I know, and, and it still makes me feel like the Queen of England. Grandmom. <laughs> you know what I want our grandkids when we have them to call Rob? Did I share this with you? No. Rob Father. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Or something like that. Yeah. And then just say it exactly like I am the Rob father or something. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. So our grandson calls Jeff, not grandpa, but Ty. And we don't know why. So we have this little video of him looking at a picture of me saying, grandmom, grandmom. And then his mom saying, who's this? And he'll say, Ty. (laughs) Ty. Wow. I I love that. But yeah, where does that come from? We'll never know, will we? But that's what he calls oh. him. So he, for from now on, is Ty to our little lovely grandson. Well, that's a unique name, and that comes from the heart. So yeah, he better keep that and embrace it. Yep. Okay. And I realize I've gone way off on one of my tangents again. We can we can bring it back in. We're almost out of time anyway. We have to bring it back in. Okay. Well, we will bring it back in, and maybe just real quickly um, go back to something from our previous episode, uh, when we were talking about the World Health Organization and what was being reported on the news about they were wanting to ban alcohol consumption between the women or for women between the ages of 18 and 50. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Right. And so just since then, I mean, more facts have come out about it and um, there's more sites where you can get information about it. 
we were reacting at that time to the story that we heard and as how it was presented to us. That's what we were basing our opinion on. And yeah, it was a little irritating. Uh, it didn't really affect us because we're both over 50, but still felt a little sexist and like a what the heck. And um, again, I just wanted to point out, not go too political. We were reacting to the story as reported. Since then, according to different sites, the story could be a little bit different. So, you know, social media does play this role in getting something out and then the facts not always being there. But some sites still report it one way, other sites report it another way. And it's just take everything with a grain of salt as you you process. True. But I stand by my opinions and I stand by what I said concerning that because it just doesn't matter. The, the fact of the matter is the subject came up, how it was presented, whether it was the first draft of a, a decision that the World Health Organization was going to make, doesn't matter. I personally think it's a, for adults, it's a personal decision that they're entitled to make. And we don't need an organization making those decisions for us. And that's as political as I'm going to go. But that's my, I stand by what I said. I don't know. I don't even remember what I said about it, but that's what I, I stand by it. I no, we by, were just re- yeah. We were just voicing our frustration with something like that and how right. it was aimed at women and how you're uh, you're talking to a whole generation or two generations of women themselves and not everyone is having babies at the time. So, right. So, that's our follow-up to that. Yeah, and I guess we'll leave it there. But yeah, everyone, you know, do the research, you know, you make up your mind about what's being written out there and that, that's the best we can do. We have our intelligence, we have our experiences in life, and those guide us. So, yep, absolutely. Was that fine to say? Yes. Okay. Well, I guess I get. I guess with all that, with time, with all that, all that shared, it's time to go. It's time to say goodbye to Vegas and to say goodbye to you too, Suzanne. So, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast, Orange Juice Optional. What many of you wouldn't know is that this podcast has been a shared vision of ours for many years. And knowing what we know now, I can't believe we've waited so long to make our vision a reality. Right? I really think the hesitation on our part came from all the unknowns of podcasting. The biggest unknown being the toughest one. Where do we begin? That's when we found Podigy and Riley. And you know, if we had Godson music, I'd cue it right now. Riley is a know-everything-about-podcasting kind of guy, and the best part for us was that he was so nice and down-to-earth about everything. And by everything, I mean he answered so many questions, he gave so much reassurance, and he offered advice on things we hadn't even considered. Initially, Podigy helped us choose our recording equipment, find our music, create our artwork, and set up our templates for recording. And seriously, how many Zoom calls did setting up the templates take? Probably too many to count because we are a technology challenge. But the best part of each one of those calls was the reassuring voice on the other end. I love that about Podigy. Now that our podcast setup is complete and things are running a bit smoother, knock on wood, Podigy is going to edit each upcoming episode, do our show notes, and get our show out there for the listeners. Their help takes so much off our plate that all we really need to worry about is our friendship, next week's topic, and if it's an orange juice needed kind of day. So if you're interested in podcasting, please don't let the unknown stop you. Please check out Riley at podigy.co. That's P-O-D-I-G-Y dot C-O. They have packages available based on each show's individual needs. Thanks again, Podigy. Our next toast is for you. Cheers. Cheers.